Alright, we are in Ephesians in chapter 6 verse 2. It says, Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And that's referring to one of the Ten Commandments to honor our father and mother. And of course, today is Mother's Day where we take the time to remember and honor our mothers. And I think that's a very good thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with celebrating something like that. And what I want to preach about today is the importance of appreciating mothers. And I do believe that is something that we always need to work on. I think it's something that we can uh, easily forget about and we can fail. And I do believe our culture, for sure, as we're seeing families, uh, the family unit being destroyed, we're seeing less and less of this. And I think we need to get back to, uh, if we could get back to some of the first principles, and one of them being honoring our parents, I believe that would make a great difference in a lot of ways. But appreciation is is important appreciation it means gratitude or thankful recognition and it's more than you just say i appreciate my mom well you need to uh, do some kind of recognition you need to make sure she knows it you don't just want to feel that way you need to actually display it you need to show it so appreciating don't is it's more than you just saying yeah i appreciate them though but it's you actually showing that the act of estimating the qualities of things giving them their proper value. You know, it, are you actually doing something to show those feelings and to make sure the one that you appreciate knows that you have those feelings? Are, are you displaying that? Uh, it's clear perception or recognition, uh, critical notice, evaluation, opinion as of a situation or person, a, a critique or written evaluation, especially when favorable. And I do believe that we need to do this type of thing when it comes to our mothers. As a society, we see that it, uh, it, Paul said that this commandment is the first commandment with promise. And what was it promise? That it may be well with thee. God is going to bless you if you honor your father and your mother and you'll live long on the earth. But if you do not do that, God's not going to bless you. You're, you're going to have a shortened lifespan. You're going to have problems. And let me tell you, cultures who are good to their parents are more blessed than cultures who are bad to their parents and families that are good to their parents. And I have seen this with many people in my life who have been blessed with long life. These are people who were good to their parents, people who helped take care of their parents. I've known many people like that. Uh, you know, we, we have some in our church that are like that. God has greatly blessed them. With long life. You know how many times I've heard Miss Hazel and Beulah when she was still here just talking about positive things about their mom? You know, that's a good thing. I know Beulah helped take care of her mom. Uh, and I believe lived with her until she died, didn't she? And Beulah, how old was Beulah when she went? How, Beulah, how old was Beulah when she died? 88, 88 years old. And still feisty. You know, I mean, still, still feisty. Um, but you know, she, she probably could have lived longer too, if she hadn't been stubborn and let the doctors do their thing on her. But you know, she, she was ready to go and nobody was going to tell her what to do, even though she was 88 years old. And, but, uh, I, I do, I believe that's one of the reasons that, uh, she was blessed with long life. You know, we won't even mention how old Hazel is, you know, we, we won't, we won't talk about that, but let's just say she's been blessed. I, I believe she's been good to her parents <laughs> just by the fact that she's still here. And, I, and I'm, I'm thankful for that testimony. We need more of that. Most, most young people today, if their parents start having problems, they don't want to do anything to help. 
They just want to get them put in nursing home as fast as they can. And, you know, sometimes there's no choice. Sometimes there's nothing you can do. Some parents, they would rather be put in a nursing home than have their kids taking care of them. You know, you, you got to work that out in your family. But either way, every child needs to make sure they're looking out for their parents when they get older. And we'll talk about some scriptures on that here in a little bit. But we do, we've got a lot of goofy holidays in this country that I think are meant to just get us to buy stuff. And I'm sure Mother's Day is used for that too. The restaurants are all going to be crowded today, you know, but then like Father's Day, you know, nobody cares. And that, that's part of our culture too, because fathers are so absent in our culture today. You know, people always act like that's a disrespect for fathers. Well, you know, it's hard to respect a father if you didn't have one growing up in your home. And, but, you know, most people did have mothers, and I do. I think, though, celebrating parents, celebrating mothers, recognizing them nationally, I do think is a good thing. And it, uh, we need these reminders because, you know, if, if, if not, we might forget. It's easy to just kind of forget, take it for granted, go a long time without reaching out, letting them, you know, know you love them. And so I think special reminders are good for that reason. But what I want to do in this message is just give you some Bible reasons for why you should appreciate your mothers, and not even just your own mother, but just all moms. I believe I believe mothers uh, should be respected, and for sure, for sure, give special recognition to the ones in your life. But I do believe we should show respect and appreciation for all mothers because they have a very difficult and but yet an extremely important job. And, you know, we've, we've had so much crazy, weird feminist stuff shoved down our throats. We have, there's men out there today who have a great disrespect and even disdain for women. And that's not good either. While obviously there's a lot of bad being promoted in the name of feminism and in the name of women's rights and things like that, while there is a lot of bad stuff, it does not change the fact that women should be respected, they should be honored, wives should be given honor as under the weaker vessel, mothers should be respected, they should be honored, they should be appreciated across the board. And let me tell you, you know, if, if you're one of these guys that just has this just hostile, negative attitude towards women, disrespectful towards women, uh, let me tell you, I, you're a scumbag and I don't want to have anything to do with you. And by all means, don't you ever come anywhere near my daughters. You know, if I sense that attitude in you because you're not fit to be a husband, uh, if that's your attitude, you're not fit to be amongst decent people in society if you treat women in a bad way. I, I, I absolutely believe that with all my heart. And I believe very strongly in being respectful to certain offices or positions even if I don't like who holds that position, I believe we ought to be respectful towards law enforcement officers. And there's a lot of law enforcement officers that I probably, if I got to know them, I probably wouldn't like them at all. You know, I believe we should be respectful to judges, people that have been put in authority. I believe we should be respectful to, you know, different, uh, you know, to the mayor or whatever. You, you want to give, I, I do believe very strongly in giving respect to certain offices. I might not like our president, I might not like our governor. There's a lot of poli- there's a lot of politicians I don't like, but at the same time, because of their office, because of what they represent, I would, if I were in their presence, there's a certain level of respect that I would give them, even if I have no respect for their policies. We see the apostle Paul when he was ordered to be smitten, contrary to the law. Remember what he said: "God shall smite thee, thou whited wall." 
And that what, remember what they said, revile us out of the Lord's high priest? And he's like, I, I didn't know he was a high priest. And what did he do? He quoted a, he quoted the verse about giving, um, not reviling or going against the ruler of the people. I'm not quoting that verse exactly right. But, you know, again, when somebody is over a people like that, it's not, you're not just insulting them. You're kind of insulting everybody. And so we should show respect to certain things. And, and don't we, as Christians, don't we, as fundamental Baptists, don't we talk like the role of a mother is the most important thing a woman can do? A woman who is a submissive wife and a godly mother, don't we talk like that's the most important thing that they could do? So shouldn't we show them some honor and respect? Shouldn't we show appreciation when you have a woman who is doing exactly what God called her to do? Shouldn't we lift up women like that? But what do we have today? Our societies always want to lift up women who are doing everything opposite of what God ordained women to do. I mean, our women are our societies honoring women who turn into men. You know, our society is honoring women who I, mean, I just I just watched a commercial. I just saw a commercial just showing women in their strength. And it was like showing a woman carrying around stuff, working on a roof and with tools. I forgot what company it was advertising that. And it's just like, really? I mean, that's what we're trying to promote, you know, for, for women today. I mean, you know, come on. But, you know, they, and they, people would freak out if they did a, a commercial about women and strong women and showed a mom carrying around a baby and a toddler and, you know, cleaning a house and things. People would lose their mind over something like that. But yet, you know, we, as these hardcore Christians, we all act like we're all for that. And then you can have women who are actually doing that kind of thing. And then sometimes you got the punk types that are disrespectful towards those ladies. That's pretty wicked if you ask me right there. You know, they probably wouldn't act that way if it was a woman politician, if it was a woman governor, if it was a woman senator or, uh, or whatever. You know, they would give respect to women who are holding all those positions and holding all those titles. But then when you've got a woman doing what God's called her to do, being a submissive wife and being a loving mother, we're going to be disrespectful to a lady like that. You've got some serious issues. You are not fit to be around decent people if that's your attitude. But you know, part of the reason we're not seeing that respect is because again, it's not promoted. We see it today and I've seen it before where, you know, you're in a restaurant, you're in a gas station, and what are you supposed to do, you know, if you see a soldier, somebody in uniform, you're supposed to, you know, buy their stuff, right? Isn't that the kind of thing we promote? Because we want to, and what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to thank them for their service. Okay? And, you know, I don't think it's wrong to do, to show that kind of appreciation. But boy, you know, wouldn't it be nicer, you see some lady dragging her kids through the store, taking her kids places? I mean, that's a lot of work. Hauling around little kids, I mean, loading them up in a car. I mean, just getting little kids into a car is a, is a battle. When you got to put them all in car seats, it's a lot of work. You know, and instead of, you know, thinking about this able-bodied man in a uniform. And again, I'm not against that. But boy, how much more should we think about that lady and maybe hold the door open for her? Try to help her out with something like that. But we don't see that kind of thing today, do we? You know, we talk about chivalry being dead. One of the reasons it's died is because we've just quit talking about it as a society. And we ought to do that kind of thing. When you see a woman out there with, with kids, taking care of kids, we should give them honor. I think it's good when they have parking places for like new and expecting mothers. 
I think it's good when they have senior parking and things like that. You know, us, us young, able-bodied men, we can walk a little bit farther. You know, we ought to save the good parking spots for the people who need them more than we do. But we live in a culture too, I mean, we've seen the pictures before with uh, elderly ladies standing up on a bus, you know, while some young guy sitting there looking at his cell phone. That, you know, that's shameful. That kind of thing should not happen. But unfortunately, because as a society, we are promoting everything that is wrong and not the things that are good, we are forgetting these things. And we need to get back to appreciating mothers like we're supposed to. And so just a few Bible reasons why you should appreciate your mother is for one, she should get automatic respect just for bringing you into the world. Just, for, just because she brought you into the world, you ought to give her some respect. It says in Exodus 20, 12, Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And notice the exceptions he put in that commandment. Did anybody see the exceptions he put in that commandment? I don't either. You know why? Because they're not there. And we, everybody's always wanting to talk about the exceptions today. Well, you know, my mom. Listen, especially in America, you should respect your mother just for the fact she brought you into the world. Did you know in America, she didn't have to bring you into the world? In America today, she could have gone to a doctor and they could have tore you apart in the womb and killed you and you would have died and that she could have done that and you know what? and she'd have been celebrated for it in this country so just the fact that she brought you into the world that right there you ought to give her honor and respect the fact that you are alive okay that, that right there she deserves automatic respect and we should all honor our mothers just because of that the bible does not give any exceptions and even if your mother is unsaved or even if your mother it did turn out to be some wicked woman there is still a level of respect you should give her because of the fact she is your mother. And it is a shameful thing. It has always been a shameful thing as a, for a family or a society when someone dishonors their mothers. It's just a shameful thing. And, and listen, if your mom, I don't care if your mom is this you know, wicked, mass-murdering type or whatever, let society deal with her. Let society throw her in prison and all that. You don't need to be out there cursing your mother. It's just shameful to hear something like that. It's shameful to hear somebody talking bad about their mom. You just don't do that as a society. And I've seen it before where, you know, there, I've, I've even seen it uh, where there's been preachers who have done things that I don't think that they should have done, things that were wrong, taken bad positions, and they've got sons that are in the ministry, and, they're, and it's like everybody was pressuring the sons to, like, attack their dad. I don't think they need to do that. I can think of one situation, too, where... Uh, the sons, I thought the way they handled it, they showed they didn't agree, but they did it in a respectful way that did not dishonor their father. And you know what? I commend them for that. Listen, I don't care what my dad ever does. I'm not going to just go out there just cursing my father. That's a, that's a wicked thing to do. It's a shameful thing to do. If my dad go, listen, if my dad goes tomorrow and he, you know, blows up the Empire State Building, that was wrong. I condemn that action. I do not support him at all. Uh, but at the same time, too, you know, do I really have to just get up here and just curse my dad? You know, can I at least can I just be sad? You know, can I be can I can I just be sad about it? But we always want it. We love seeing that kind of thing. 
It's even almost promoted today where people love watching other people go against their parents. We have a whole movement of people who are former IFB that are always very critical of how they were raised, very critical of their parents. And they're always trying to get the children of other IFB preachers to go against their, what their parents were taught and to come out against the IFB and just, they, they want them dishonoring their parents. And boy, when they do, these people get cheered on big time. That's shameful. So even if your parents, you felt like they led you wrong religiously, you can still give them a certain level of honor and respect because they're your parents. And I've, I've had people before, you know, like ask me, not people that went to church here. I've gotten some weird phone calls and emails from people who are obsessed with the reprobate doctrine. And I'm thinking about preaching a message about obsession with the reprobate doctrine. Because while I believe in that doctrine, that doctrine brings out some of the weirdest people I've ever met in my life. But it's like, you know, I I had somebody one time, you know, wondering if they should go to some of these family events and, uh, you know, or even a funeral one time. Because they're pretty sure their mom is a reprobate. I'm just like, it was your mom. Go to the funeral. You know, it's your mom. Go to the family event. Just, you know, uh, but, you know, she's in this religion and she has this belief. It's your mom. That's what I'm always telling people. It's your mom. Go, go ahead. You know, there's, there's a certain level of respect that they just should automatically get. And again, that they might, you, you don't have to like what they're doing. You don't have to like their choices. But just because of the fact that your mother and father, I don't see any exceptions to honoring your parents in the Bible. The Bible says in, uh, Leviticus 20 verse 9. This is just four verses before Leviticus 20:13. It says, For everyone that curses his father or mother shall surely be put to death. He that cursed his father or mother, his blood should be upon him. Well, well, what if they deserve it? If they deserve it, let somebody else curse them. It's your mom and dad. Don't curse your mom and dad. Okay? Just, just don't do that. Proverbs 20:20. 20, 20. Whoso curseth his father or mother, his lamp shall be put out. In obscure darkness. Proverbs 30:17. The eye that mocketh at his father and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out, and the young eagles shall eat it. I don't know about you, but those verses are pretty scary right there. You know, I think I'm just going to honor my parents. And you know what? Thank God if you have parents, you know, who are worthy, who, I, I, I said, all parents, I do believe, they get automatic honor. But again, if they are godly people, what a wonderful thing that is. It makes it a lot easier but either way, I believe God's going to bless you either, you know, either way. And in the Bible and even in history, we have examples of horrible sins taking place by one person. But those sins also brought shames to entire communities. And just understand, someone cursing their parents, it's not only wicked, but it brings shame and reproach on the entire family and community. And and that's the way it's been historically. Now, today in our culture, we are so separated as a community. We don't know each other. We're not connected. We're not related. But but at at the same time, too, um, you know, we've seen, I mean, how many of you have been in Walmart before and you've seen that kid just screaming at his mom that he hates him and stuff like that? You know, we get get mad when we see that kind of thing, don't we? You know what? Because that's a shameful behavior. And, you know, we often think, you know, what terrible parents or boy, you know, give me five minutes with that kid. He'll never do that again. You know, we, we all, we all think those things, but these, these are, they're just very shameful things. And so just understand that 
this is how it's always been culturally hearing somebody curse their parents, mock their parents. It's just a shameful thing and you shouldn't do it. And if your parents are just completely wicked and evil, then I just wouldn't talk about them. I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring them up, but you don't want to be out there. You know, hopefully nobody sent your mother, you know, a hedge of thorns for Mother's Day instead of roses or something like that, just to show her what she's really like and what she deserves. And maybe she, you know, said maybe, maybe she was a terrible mom, but again, she was still mom. She brought you into the world, showed some appreciation, but mothers should be appreciated too for the work and sacrifices it takes to be a mother. You know, there is physical pain that comes from giving you birth that men will never understand. And this is another reason too. I, I, get, I get accused of being a feminist because I think we should appreciate the fact that we have no idea what it's like to carry a baby and we have no idea what it's like to deliver a baby. And despite, in spite of what our society says, men, and thank God, we never will carry a baby. We can't carry a baby. And I can't believe we have to say that. But uh, this isn't Happy Birthing Persons Day. This is, happy, this is a Happy Mother's Day. Okay, only, only women can do this. And so be, because of that, we should show a respect and appreciation for what they have to go through. Because they're the ones that have to go through it. It's going to change their body. It doesn't change our body. It changes theirs. It, we're not the ones that go through pain. They're the ones who go through pain. And, you know, and I, I'm not just going to go beat my chest and, you know, that's okay. I can take it. No, we're going we're gonna to show respect when it comes to these things. And let me tell you, kids, you ought to be thankful that your mom did this. The physical pain that comes from giving birth, that the Bible often when describing a great pain that's coming, it would often compare it to the birth pains. Why? Because it's one of the most excruciating pains there is, apparently, and I'll never know. And I don't want to know. But, you know, Jeremiah 6.24 says, We have heard the fame thereof. Our hands wax feeble. <clears throat> Anguish hath taken hold of us. And pain as of a woman in travail. And we see that kind of thing a lot in the Bible. And notice too, okay, guys always say, well, you know what they say, and I've never experienced this either, passing a kidney stone feels about the same as giving birth. Well, you know, the Bible doesn't say pain is of a man passing a kidney stone. <laughs> it doesn't talk about that. It talks about pain as a woman in travail. Why? Because that is, that is an intense pain that we will never know. And, and kids, your mom went through that. Your mom dealt with the morning sickness. Your mom dealt with nine months of pregnancy. Your mom dealt with delivery. Your mom dealt with taking care of you and the nursing you and feeding you and staying up late at night. She dealt with all the hormonal stuff that came. That Guys, we'll never understand that either. We'll, we'll, we will never understand what happens to women hormonally during that whole process and, and you know, the postpartum stuff. We will, we will never understand that. But you know what? We ought to appreciate it because it is real. It is a real thing. And again, I, I've been criticized so much because I've, I have said, hey, we ought to pay attention to where our wives at and listen as in hear them, not put them in authority you know, when it comes to having more kids and things like that, I get criticized so much. But let me tell you, I 100% stand by that. And I continue to stand by that because, again, I will never know. I believe we should give honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. And I believe that is one of the ways 
that we do that. And, and again, let me tell you something. I do not want that psychopunk attitude uh, in this church of just, you know, women are just these things to just have your way with. No, they are something that we are supposed to cherish. What do you, what do, you do with things that are of value? You cherish them. You take care of them. You, you, you baby those things. Why? Because you cherish them. You do not abuse those things. And just because you can do something, you know, legally, doesn't mean you should do something. Again, if I, if I cherish something and it's mine, whether it be, you know, maybe I have some valuable, expensive watch. Okay, if I have something like that that's worth $1,000, I got a Rolex. If I cherish that thing, I'm going to take care of it. Now, it's mine. If I want, I could smash it and abuse it if I want. But when it comes to our wives, just understand, cherishing them is not abusing them. And just because they are yours doesn't mean you can abuse them. Because understand, God commanded you to cherish them. God commanded you to honor them as under the weaker vessel. So again, I'm, t- I'm telling you, that attitude that, I'm, that is being pushed out there, that is, it's in our world, it's in Christianity, it is wicked. I want nothing to do with it. And anybody wants to have that attitude around here, this is not the place for you. We believe in honoring women in this church, like the Bible says. I mean, isn't that in most traditional vows? If you've been married here, uh, then you know, if you get married here, we do it in the vow, love, honor, cherish. And folks, those things have meaning. Love has meaning. It's not just a feeling, it's an action. Honor is not just a feeling, it's an action. Cherish is not just a, a feeling, it's an action. They are all actions. And let me tell you something. Maybe if as a society, men did those kind of things, especially as Christians, as fundamental Baptists, if we did this act of love, honoring, and cherishing our women, maybe more women would be attracted to our kind of church because, again, you know, you know, you know one of the reasons women feel like they've got to go and break all these glass ceilings and things? Because they feel like that's the only way they can have, feel, have any value and get any honor. They're seeking for honor from the news media, from our messed up, twisted world, and they're not finding happiness in those things. What they need to see, they need to see in churches like ours, women who are happy, women who are being taken care of, women who are being loved and being honored and cherished and all those things. And maybe, maybe we'll start seeing a movement of women saying, you know what, forget this world. They're making all of them psycho. They're turning them into men. They're making us go and compete with men in sports and things like that, you know, to, you know, to prove we're strong or whatever. No, you know what, let's go be like them Baptist women. They're taken care of. You know, the Egyptian women, remember those midwives? They noticed the difference between them and the Jewish women. And I'm telling you, we've got to get back to following these biblical principles. And what's happened, feminism, it's a horrible uh, cancer in our society. It's teaching a lot of things. But what what we've got too, though, is we've got a lot of people who think they're Christians, who think they're fundamental Baptists, who've swung the pendulum way too far the other way and are creating a mentality and environment that has caused women to think they need to figure out how to make it without men. And, and it's why we have feminism. It's that, menta- that mentality is why we have the feminism uh, in this country today and why it's doing so much damage. So we've got to do this right. And so uh, mothers, again, their sacrifice it's not to be underestimated. We should appreciate it. The daily effort it takes to keeping kids alive. 
Okay, most of the moms probably do not want to admit how many times they've saved their kids' lives from almost dying. But you know, because then you feel like a bad mom because your kid almost died forty-five times. You know, growing up, you know, maybe maybe more than that. But you know, somehow you're always there. You know, so, somehow. You know, you save them all those times. It's it's hard. It's a burden. It's stressful. That and you know, and let me tell you too. You, might, you know, and we're finding this out as parents. My wife's experiencing this too. The continued burden that they carry even after they're grown. Okay, I mean, moms who your kids are out of your house, are your worries over? <laughs> no, it's probably worse. You know, and and now you can't even beat them when they do something wrong. You know, you know now. You just have to kind of take it, and you got to, you know, that that's hard. You know, at least when they were younger, you could spank them, but now you just have to you have to watch and sorrow and, and worry, and it's it's not an easy thing. You know, they're, they're going to be making big decisions, and uh, you you don't quit worrying about them. And so, j- kids, just because of the fact that your mother still worries about you and cares about you, it ought to cause you to be responsible. It ought, it ought to, you ought to have a desire to keep your mother happy. It ought to be the desire. You shouldn't want to hurt your mother. I don't care if you're out of the house and she doesn't technically have authority over you anymore. She's your mother. You should want your life to be one that pleases her and makes her happy. Because she's your mom. And that is part of honoring your mother. And if you're out there acting like an idiot, destroying your life, you are not honoring your mother when you do that. Proverbs 29.15 says, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. And just understand, if you go out, even if you're grown up, you go out and you get arrested, that's my life. Yeah, but you know what? You're going to bring your mother shame. You're going to bring her sorrow. Proverbs 10.1, a wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. A word that we use a lot in our society today is depression. That word is not in the Bible, but heaviness, I believe, is kind of synonymous with it. It's a weight that is on them. And if you are a foolish son, you are creating depression, sorrow for your mother. That's not a very honoring thing to do for the woman who brought you into the world and kept you alive and took care of you for all those years. Proverbs 19.20, A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish man despiseth his mother. So we have this attitude. It's, it's my life. I can do what I want. No, you can't. You didn't give yourself life. You didn't keep yourself alive all those years. You, you, you didn't raise yourself. Your mother did. And you know what? You don't have a right to be a fool. You have no right to be a fool. And if you do, if you do, you're out there doing foolish things, you despise your mother. You need to think about that. When you're thinking about going out and having that drag race, it'd probably be a lot of fun, but just understand you bang yourself up, you hurt yourself, you also hurt your mom. You know that girl out there that you think it'd be fun to go have some kind of fling with her? Just understand that girl is going to make you miserable and then because she makes you miserable, she's going to make your mother miserable. You want to know why a lot of moms might not like the women or the guy that you're going after is because they love you, they want you to be happy, and they've got enough wisdom to know they will make you miserable. And I'm telling you, I've said this before, I've preached whole sermons on this in the past, one of the wisest goals a young person could have for themselves. And when you're young, it's not that you're stupid, it's just that you don't know anything. Okay, You have no life experience yet. And just understand that, if, but if you want to show wisdom, 
One of the things that you could do to help set yourself up for success is do things that you know will make your parents happy. Because you know what will make your parents happy? You being happy. You know what will make you miserable? You being miserable. The reason your parents are freaking out at your decisions is because they know it will make you miserable. Well, you're just, they're just thinking about themselves. Maybe kind of, but part of it's them thinking about you because they can't be happy unless you're happy too. So keep that in mind. I have no clue what I'm doing. So as long as it's making mom and dad happy, you're probably, you're probably on the right track. And so one of the greatest ways to dishonor your parents is by being a fool, destroying your life, and you should always consider what your parents did for you when making decisions. Parents don't deserve to deal with the grief that comes from watching you destroy your life. Make your parents proud or, in a more biblical sense, well-pleased. I preached that message a while back where obviously pride is always negative in the Bible, but I, I talked in that message about how when we say we're proud of our kids, a, a biblical way to say it would be like God did when he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well-pleased. And every child, that should be their goal. Whatever, whatever field you go into, it ought to be something that will make your parents well-pleased. Whoever you marry, it ought to make your parents well-pleased. How you raise your kids ought to make your parents well-pleased. That's You ought to shoot for that kind of thing. And it will be to your benefit. It will be to your benefit every single time. Proverbs 23, 24, The father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begetteth the wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bear thee shall rejoice. Boy, kids, that is the biggest thing you could ever do. For your mother. More important than buying her flowers, more important than buying her gifts on Mother's Day, living a life uh, that is righteous. Living a godly life will bring your mother joy that no gift can ever replace. You know what? Who cares if you buy her nice gifts if you're out there destroying your life? It's, it's not going to matter. Who cares if you call her Happy Mother's Day? You can send her the biggest car in the world. You can send her a million red roses. But if you're sitting in jail, it doesn't matter. She's not, she's not going to be happy. The work of mothers should be remembered and honored for the rest of their lives. That's how long they should be honored. Okay? We're only going to, you know, you're only going to be in their home for 18 to 20 years. And chances are, and hopefully, uh, they're going to continue to live and continue to be your mother even longer after that. My mom was only 18 uh, when I was born. And, uh, and so I've been out of the house uh, you know, way longer than I was in the house, but she is still my mom and I, and she still deserves to be honored for all the things that she did for me when I was growing up. And it, it needs to continue to be that way. Proverbs 23, 22 says, hearken unto thy father that beget thee and despise not thy mother when she is old. And so a failing to take care of your mother. And, and we, we forget about this. I'm going to go to a scripture that we all know. And while what we say from the scripture is always accurate, we often fail to uh, apply it where Paul was. For example, we often talk about men who will not provide for their family, meaning wives and kids, as worse than an infidel, right? And I think that's true. But let's look at the uh, let's look at how Paul or who Paul was talking about specifically. First Timothy 5, 1 says, Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, 
the younger as sisters with all purity. So this is telling us how to treat other women in the church. It sounds like we're supposed to honor them too. It doesn't sound like we're supposed to be disrespectful to other women in the church. So verse 3, honor widows that are widows indeed. But if any widow have children or nephews, and nephews is meaning grand, it meant grandchildren in 1611 when this was translated, let them first to show piety at home and to requite their parents for that is good and acceptable before God. So ultimately, when it comes to taking care of widows, the responsibility falls first on the son, on the children and on the grandchildren even. That's what, the, that's what the Bible teaches. And the Bible says if you do that, I mean, that is good and acceptable for God. But at the same time, as a church, if we have widows and they don't have children or grandchildren or taking care of them, we ought, to, we ought to try to help them out. We ought to take care of them. We shouldn't let the elderly in our church be out living on the streets and going hungry. We ought to take care of those people. And it says, Now she that is a widow indeed and desolate trusteth in God and continueth in supplications and prayers night and day. Elderly women, they can be a great help to a church if they are praying for the church. If they are widows, that is a wonderful thing. But he that liveth in pleasure is dead while, he, while she liveth. And these things give in charge that they may be blameless. But if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. So notice when it's talking about that there, it's in reference to widows. So this isn't talking about your wife and kids. Even though if you not take care of your wife and kids, they're a part of your house. That's right. You're worse than infidel. But if you're not taking care of your mom, if you're not taking care of your grandma, you have denied the faith and you're worse than an infidel. And you know what? It's, it's my goal as a husband to take care of my wife, not for as long as I live, but as long as she lives. You know, And, and we have things like life insurance and stuff like that. And, and it's, it's my hope and goal that I will take care of things you know, that where if I die before she does, she'll still be taken care of. But if I don't succeed in doing that, and I, I die and she runs out of money, you know what? She has eight kids. You know what? That's, that's a good backup insurance policy right there. And let me tell you, and if our kids won't take care of her, our kids stink. And, you know, if she has to live out on the streets and, you know, they take her and drop her off at the river somewhere, you know, like they do in some countries, that's, she'll be ashamed. You know, that, what, a, what a horrible thing that would be. And you would be right to look at my kids and it's like, worse than an infidel. Because let me tell you, there's a lot of lost people who love their parents and take care of their parents. A lot of lost people do that. And so if you're, if you're a Christian and you are just going to let, you know, and, and in our country we do. We've got to, you know, it's, it's, if you're going to be an old person in a country, this is the place to be an old person. But, but at the end of the day, uh, it, it's, it's the responsibility of the children, grandchildren, make sure they are taken care of. And so honoring parents, it's so much more than lip service. In fact, in Matthew 7, verse 9, or Mark 7, verse 9, he said unto them, Jesus speaking, full well ye reject the commandment of God that ye may keep your own tradition. We talked about this the other night when the Jews were trying to force their traditions on the disciples. Jesus was like, what are you talking about, you hypocrites? You reject a commandment of God through your traditions. And he said, for Moses said, and he's, here's an example. For Moses said, honor thy father and thy mother. 
And whoso curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, if a man shall say to his father or mother, it is Corban, that is to say, a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free, and ye suffer him no more to do aught for his father or his mother, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered, and many such like things do ye. And what he's specifically talking about there is they had a tradition and a practice where they could take some of their inheritance. This is what they say according to history. The Bible doesn't explain this. But a part of their inheritance that was supposed to be used to take care of the parents. That's one of the reasons the firstborn got the double portion of in an inheritance because it, he was going to be primarily responsible for taking care of the parents when they got old. That was one of the reasons they got the double portion. And so, and so the thing is, if they were to take, what they were often doing was taking these things and like offering as these gifts for the temple as pledges to where it wasn't technically, uh, they wouldn't lose it until they died. But then because they had said it was a gift, now they don't have to use these things for their parents anymore. And so while this tradition benefited the priests and Levites and things like that, it was devastating to the parents. It made it where they weren't able to take care of their parents anymore, which caused them to fail to honor their parents. Specifically, when Jesus talked about honoring their father and mother, it was in taking care of them when they were old. And he told them, you're making the word of God of none effect through these goofy traditions that you have. So you don't have to take care of your parents. And that was a wicked thing. That is a wicked thing a culture that does not honor their parents or take care of their parents. And I'm telling you, they deserve it. And he said, well, you know what? So I'm 42. And I said, I've been out of the house for 22, 22 years. So, I mean, hey, I've, I've honored my parents, you know, for longer than I was in their house. So we're all good now. Nope. Nope. My, and, you know, my mom is still pretty young and healthy. She's probably going to live a long time. And, you know, and... You know, thankfully, she doesn't need me right now to provide for her or anything like that. But, but either way, I should continue to honor her. And if something ever happens where she needs me, you know, I need to be there. Say, well, what about your mother-in-law? That don't count. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I've been, I've been getting inspired by mother-in-law jokes lately. Uh, part of it's because I'm nervous because Tommy just got engaged yesterday and so my wife's going to be turning into a mother-in-law pretty soon and so i'm a little nervous about that but uh but no but hopefully you know her side takes care of that you know the firstborn son you know but i yeah no i, I wouldn't even let my mother-in-law live on the street I, I, I wouldn't and i'm saying that in front of everybody uh, but no I, i'm having fun with you but it is our, our culture it's going down the toilet in so many areas but that doesn't mean we can't have our own family culture. It doesn't mean we have to go along with it. It doesn't mean we can't have a church culture, our own church culture. And you know what? I believe every family ought to, as a part of your family, your culture, you ought to make a big deal about the women. You ought to honor the wives. You ought to honor the mothers, the grandmothers. You should give, I mean, I'm, I, and, and as a church, we ought to be the same way. Hey, you know, it, we ought to make sure the ladies always have a nicer bathroom than the guys do. You know, we ought to have nice, do what we can to have nice mother-baby rooms. 
You know, these, these things are important. Why are we doing these things? Because we're honoring them. We're glad. We're, we're, I mean, aren't you glad they're bearing your kids and you don't have to do that kind of thing? So we can appreciate them. It's okay if we spoil the women a little bit. And if, you know, and if some guy gets, you know, why don't the guys get it? Because you know, you're a guy, you can go get it yourself. You know, we ought to hold, we ought to hold doors open for ladies. We shouldn't make them do the physical grunt work and all that kind of thing. You know, we're supposed to be the protectors. We're, that's how it is supposed to be. And folks, I am, I am convinced that if as fundamental Baptists, we often get a bad reputation for how we are with women. And you know what? Some of it is deserved. Again, some of it's deserved. Some of it isn't. Sometimes, and I've probably been there before, because we get so frustrated with the feminazis, as, we like to, as I like to call them, we take our rhetoric maybe a little too extreme. But let me tell you, I've learned, I've got to watch my rhetoric when it comes to that stuff because of the fact, not because I'm, you know, of people who try to use my words against me, but because of the fact that you have punks sometimes that take you serious. It's like, oh, really? You, you thought I meant that? Listen, okay, I've, I've never backhanded my wife. I don't believe we ought to backhand your wife. I, I don't believe we ought to do that. Okay, you know, sometimes when you're having a conversation, man, that was my wife. You know, I'd give her back. No, no, I wouldn't. Okay, that's just that, that's t- that's tough guy talk. Okay, we don't we never mean. I, I tell you, I've had to learn. I got I got to watch myself with this. I got to be very precise in how I speak because there's always the wild-eyed, crazy nut job knucklehead that hears that and says, like, oh, "That's exactly what I'm going to do." Man, I I do not want to inspire anybody to backhand their wife. I hope I can inspire people to take care of their wife. And I believe if we would do it right, I believe that it would attract people to this because it's, it's, just, it's the way it's supposed to be. It's what works. It would, it's what actually makes people happy. And so I believe one of the best ways we can do that is by just having an appreciation for our mothers. And I believe we should have an appreciation for all the mothers around here. And, and men... Just like you would show a certain level of respect to different pe- people in different offices and positions of authority, we ought to be the same way with mothers. We ought to be the same way with them. They're going to get respect. They have done things and sacrificed in ways that you and I will never have to. And they're doing it in a way, too, that your mother did for you. And, and you do. Just like you respect your mother because of the thing that she changed your diapers. You know what? When you see these moms around here changing these little kids' diapers, you know what? That ought to cause you to have a respect and honor for them because that's one of the reasons you respect and honor your mother. And so I, be, I believe we really need to push this, uh, this mentality in our church and in our families. I believe it will help greatly if we'll do that. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for all the moms that are here today. And we thank you, Lord, for... Uh, just uh, the fact that we have a church that uh, has many children and that, uh, Lord, you've, you've, our church has been fruitful in that area. And so, Lord, I pray you'll help us uh, as men in the church, as husbands, as sons. I pray you'll help us to show an appreciation for what they've done. And uh, I pray that the women here uh, will feel honored and loved and cherished for the things that they do. It is a great sacrifice and it is one that makes more of a difference than I think they even realize. And so I pray uh, that these ones that are doing it right will keep motivated and that they, and uh, so, so they'll see some great results someday with their children. In your name we pray. Amen.